If you've got a Bible today, let's turn to Isaiah 43, or you can look on the screen. I'm going to be talking about in this series called Devotion, many aspects of having a life devoted to God. But I think the most important thing in the, in the realm of devotion is to start in especially where we are today on this first Sunday of this new year, is talking about a new year and a new beginning. And over in Isaiah 43, it's something very familiar that a lot of people use concerning this time of the year, but I wanted to bring it to your attention. Isaiah 43, notice what it says here in verse number 18. Isaiah 43, 18. And again, I welcome those that are watching today. And for all those that are here in the auditorium, thank you for being here today. Metroplex Family Church is on a continued mission of extending God's love to people and helping them to understand that God is a God of love. And he is here to bring a sense of purpose to your life through two main areas here at Metroplex Family Church. That is being equipped and empowered. And we're going to understand more of that in the days ahead. And together experiencing the greatness and the goodness of God as a family. I believe in my heart with all my being, we need each other more today than ever before. Deeply appreciate the encouragement of so many people as we transition to this new year to say, Hey, Pastor Brian, I'm ready to take my life further. I'm not going to allow the dictates of this world or what people say or the media or what my flesh is, you know, saying to me or even what things of life are dealing with me. I'm going to focus on the Lord. I may not understand everything, but I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his way of doing being, and I'm going to go with that and he will take care of the rest. And it says so beautifully here in Isaiah 43, verse number 18. Listen to this. And again, uh, this has been quote, quoted often at times like this, but I want to bring something to your attention. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Verse number 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it will show, shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Notice verse 18 again, ladies and gentlemen. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things. Even though of old, even though you reflect and you look back and say, you know, this is what that memory was, it, it's, it's telling us to let it go, to move past these things that we see out there, to say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to remember, yes, but I'm not going to dwell on the past. I'm not going to, even though there might be the good, but also there is the bad, there's the ugly, just to let it go and move forward. Because it says, notice this, I like this, nor consider the things of old, for behold, a, I will do, and this is God speaking, I will do a new thing, shall it, not, shall it not spring forth? And I think God's into new beginnings. He's always into new beginnings, and I'll show you why. As you turn to Philippians 3, the Apostle Paul knew this better than anybody. In Philippians chapter 3, he was considered the Osama bin Laden of his day. Uh, he was a killer uh, and destroyer of Christianity from its onset as far as his religious zeal. And in Philippians chapter 3, he is the author of these very statements and how God transformed his life. But this man knew how to let the past go and embrace the future. He knew more about new beginnings than I think anybody that walked the earth other than Jesus himself. In Philippians chapter 3, notice what it says in verse number 10. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Of course, the resurrection is new life and new beginning. And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Verse 11, by any means I may obtain to the resurrection of the dead. What a powerful statement. However, notice verse 12 as we focus on. It says that I'm not already attained, but I've already perfected that I what? Press on. Everybody say press on. One more time. I press on. 
you press on. And it says that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has laid hold of me. So many times in Christianity, we're expecting God to give us something. God's already given us everything he's already going to give us. What more should he do for you and I that he's not already done? Think about it, seriously. He gave Jesus. Jesus lived 33 years. He was crucified, resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Lord. He's given us this covenant book. He's given us a covenant. He does not change. Even though the world changes, Hebrews 13, 8 is very clear. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that good news? There's no changing in him. And if there's no changing in him, and you know that he's consistently consistent, then we've got something to put our faith into. And that's not ourselves, but in the Lord. I love this. He says, I press on that I may lay hold of that which Jesus has laid hold of me, for me. That means you've got to do something. You've got to go for it. So many times people are wanting God to give it to them. He's already got it or given it to you. Let me rephrase that from Alabama English. He's already given it to you. You have to receive it. And so notice what it says here. This is the way to receive it in my opinion. Verse 13. It says, I do not count myself to have apprehended or arrived. Look at this. But one thing. Everybody say one thing. This one thing I do. Watch this now. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching to those things which are ahead. Notice what he says there. Forgetting these things which are behind and reaching it. I say it like this in three ways. I think you have to do this in my opinion. You have to forgive, you have to forget, and you've got to focus forward. You've got to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive others. I think that's so true. You've got to forget. There comes a place where, yes, you just simply need to forget it. You know, you need to quit rehearsing your past failures. There's nothing, you know, uh, really, to me, you're defeating yourself by always talking about how your past failures. And again, you say, well, Pastor Brian, I'm using them as a testimony. I understand that. But there comes a place where, you know what, you don't hear me talk a lot, if anyone ever knows me, about October the 15th, 1983, do you? You always hear me talk about October the 16th, 1983, right? That's when I was born again. Because I don't talk a lot about the past. You know why I don't need to? Because it's where? It's under the blood of Jesus. I forget and forgive myself, and I receive the goodness of God. And notice what it says, focusing forward. I like this. It says, <coughs> excuse me, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. That's where the pressing for, the reaching and I think that is a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen, for you and I to always be conscious of, that we are forgiving, we are forgetting, and we are focusing forward. And when you do that, you are going to have a better year, a better life. And that is not something we do at the beginning of the year. That's something we need to do constantly, in my personal opinion. The next thing is the book of Lamentations. That's old in the Old Testament. In Lamentations chapter 3, this is something very familiar that people use at this time of year. Lamentations chapter 3, if you'll turn to that or uh, look at to it look at it on the screen limitations chapter 3 I want to bring something to your attention here because I believe this is interesting as we look at the apostle Paul as we look at Isaiah in lamentations 3 verse number 22 notice what it says here lamentations 3:22 says this Look what it says. It says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His passions fail not. Verse number 23, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that awesome? God's goodness, God's grace, God's compassion every single morning is new for you and I. 
And I'm so thankful for that. And I think the reason he does that is he gives us a new beginning every single day. Thank God for a new year, but he gives us a new beginning and a new freedom from yesterday's. Because here's the thing I believe Satan wants to do. He wants to drag everything from last year into this year. He wants to drag everything from yesterday into today's. He wants to constantly remind you of your failures. He wants to constantly remind you of what you did wrong and how you did it wrong so he can defeat you as you move forward, getting you focused on the failure instead of focusing on moving forward. And when you focus on moving forward and saying, you know what, I'm just going to trust the Lord and let him take care of the past. I'll never forget this man that uh, it, was a, it was a man, it was a pastor friend of mine who was a who pastored a large church and he came under a lot of scrutiny and a lot of failure and uh, was a national figure at one time in the 80s and I mean he just just messed up but one of the things he says you know what I can't change my yesterdays but I can sure focus on my todays and I like that. I can't change my yesterdays. I give them to the Lord. I focus on today and seeking first the kingdom of God. And notice what it says here. I love this. My, it says, because his compassions fail not, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank God for that. I think the reason why God caused us to sleep not only was to replenish our bodies, but to give us a separation from yesterday from today. He gave us this separation of time. You know why? Because every single day is the day we need to focus on. I love what Coach Nick Saban teaches his players. He said it's not about four quarters. It's not about the score. It's about every single play. Do your best in every single play consistently throughout the entire game. And if, the, if you'll do that, and if you've given your best by the end of that game, if, if they are better than you, then they're better than you. But if you've given your best that's all you can do and if you've given your best and I believe that you're the giving your best by being the best then you'll win at the end and that philosophy has brought Alabama to another national championship contention and I'm putting that plug in for all the Alabama haters especially after we lost to Texas A&M this year saying that we were over and done with well don't look like we're over and done with but we got one more game to prove and I'm so thankful roll tide thank you Jesus moving right along anyway and may the spirit of winning come on the Dallas Cowboys today as it was on Alabama the other day at Texas Stadium. So, no, nah, seriously. Life is a process. Football is a process. The beautiful thing I do like about football and watched a lot of it is, and for those who don't understand football, football is a team thing. You're depending on one another. You're looking to one another. I saw more about in the last couple of days among all the teams and players this phrase called brotherhood. We're brothers in this, and we're united in this. And I like that kind of phraseology, and I appreciate that about football. I appreciate that about other endeavors of life, especially those who serve in the military, such as the Marine Corps and places like that. You see that brotherhood. Well, we should have that in the Church of Jesus Christ. As Shelby so beautifully pointed, we are called Metroplex Family Church for a reason. I didn't call and put that name family in there just because I was looking to fill the middle of a you know, name for a church. I did it for a divine purpose. I felt like there was a reason. And that reason was simply this, to encourage everybody in every situation that every day we're going to wake up and we're going to seek first the kingdom of God and we're going to learn to know the Lord better. And in knowing him, we're going to forgive ourselves, we're going to forget the past, and we're going to focus forward and we're going to trust in his wisdom. I want to leave you with three questions because, you know, again, this is a new year and this is sort of an abbreviated message, and uh, but it's the platform and the introduction I wanted to give. First of all, in having a help 
healthy transition into a new year. I think, first of all, my first encouragement to you is to trust God's ability to lead you. So many times people will not trust the Lord. They say they do, but really trusting him to lead you, guide you, and direct you. So number one is trusting the Lord to lead you. Where does that come from, Pastor Brian? Well, I'm, I'm using the Passion Bible uh, a little bit more this year than more times in, in, in the past. And uh, I just want to bring to your attention Proverbs 3 out of this version and uh, let it land on yours and see what it, see what you think about it. Proverbs chapter 3. If you don't have the Passion Translation, I would encourage you to get that app on your phone. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, notice what it says in verse number 5. Again, this is the Passion Translation. Entrusting God to lead you. Watch this. It says, trust the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. I like that phrase there. Watch this. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. Notice that phrase there. And he will lead you where you should go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Watch this. Now listen closely. For wisdom comes when you adore him and with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. When you say, Lord, I am going to completely give my mind, my thoughts to you, and when I go through problems, pains, and pressures, I'm going to trust you to lead me, and I am not going to move until I see or hear the voice of God or a confirmation on what I should do in this area. When you get to that place, ladies and gentlemen, there'll be the wisdom of God guiding you. And as a matter of fact, there'll be this peace beyond reasoning when you trust him like that. Sometimes we trust him after we get the answer, and you know, that's that's not the way it works. You got to trust him before you get the answer. You got to trust him in this situation. You got to trust him beyond how you feel. And I like what it says right here. Let me just bring it to your attention one more time. Watch this. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. What does that mean? That it means avoiding all the temptation to try to take that problem and, and reason your way through it or question your way through it. Give it to God. Give him some time. Let him do the things that you know he can do with your hand off the situation. I like this question I wrote down here. And again, it's more reference to me, maybe it is to you. Are you going to do this by yourself or are you going to have help? I've got counselors in my life. I don't do things as an island to myself, especially as a pastor and a leader. I've got men that constantly, I've got one pastor that I am submitted to that, con, that contacts me every single day. We work together. There's accountability. There's coaching. And as a matter of fact, there's coaching aspect of uh, uh, things that I'm going to be doing in the ministry that I'm bringing in a friend of mine and a dear man of God with great experience to help us in, in our church situation as far as especially broadcasting and some other things this year and some other areas. I, I want the very best people that I can surround myself to give me the very best coaching. That's the reason I admire Nick Saban. He's not just a great football coach. He's a coach of men. And I've been there. I've spoken to the University of Alabama football team as well as the coaching staff. And these young men are, are, are focused on not just being great players but being great men. Nothing wrong with being a great player and wanting to go in the NFL and all those aspirations. That's all important. And colleges do that. And a lot of young men think that. But sometime in your future, the NFL is going to come to an end. And what's your life going to be after that? And it's all about being a model man, not being just a great athlete. Great athletes come and go. 
but great men of God are sustained forever, and their legacies are based upon their character, not upon their performance. There's a great movie out about Kurt Warner, and you can see just that. I haven't seen that yet, but I know the life of Kurt Warner as an athlete and as a man of God who lives these very things I'm talking about, him and his wife. And I'll tell you what, it worked for him. And God took him to places that only he could dream about because he did what? He trusted the Lord. He sought God's will and God's wisdom. And God took somebody who was in a grocery store bagging groceries one year, and now he's playing for an NFL team later, and he's in the Super Bowl just a couple of years later. Isn't that an amazing story from uh, being a grocery Nothing wrong with you know, stocking in a grocery store necessarily to playing in the Super Bowl. I tell you what, what a story, what a, what a, what a capturing of trusting God completely and not allowing, you know, I'm going to trust in myself. Number two, what areas do you need a new beginning in? Think about it. What areas of your life do you need change in? Then go after that. Give it to God. Say, Lord, I, I'm going to stop this, or I'm going to do better in this area, and I need your help. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I tried that, and I just failed. I mean, a lot of people on the, this time of year, what do they do? They start a diet, they go to the gym, and they're into it for 30 days, and then on the 35th day, they give up. You know, and I understand that, do they not? I mean, how many treadmills have been bought in years past with good intentions, and during, during February, March, and April, they become what they call clothes hangers. You hang stuff on them, okay? I mean, I understand that. Or, or, uh, when we were at Hughley, it was always funny how many people would have a pass. They would buy a health membership, and boy, January, would man, they were committed, and February, the cold weather came, and nah, they just sort of wavered, and then March, uh, they tried hang in there. Come April, it was over with. And guess what? I mean, there, and some people just didn't make it. You know why? Because they did not commit themselves to doing it in the Lord, in my opinion. It's hard to in the flesh, is it not? I mean, it is hard in the flesh to be disciplined, but in the Lord, you can. Because let me say this, I believe this, our flesh is never greater than our will submitted to God. When you have your will submitted to God and saying, you know what, I am not going to yield to that because I am God's property or I am God's son and daughter is a better way of saying it. I promise you the flesh will eventually have to submit and the flesh will not win over a spirit person who yields himself to God. That is the beautiful thing. And when it comes to dieting and all these other things, listen, I mean, I know some people, bless their hearts, it, it's a chore to lose five pounds. I lost, I lost five pounds this week just because because of, uh, by accident. I mean, you know, I can lose weight quickly. Some people, and it is warfare, okay? Some people have a problem with those kind of things. Some people have a problem, you know, with eating ding-dongs and donuts or peanut butter cookies or something, whatever. Uh, listen, I understand those things, okay? But if my flesh, I can say no to it. All right, all right, I can say no to it. But sometimes there are other things that, you know, that are harder for me. Okay, so I mean, we each have our own battle, but pick your battle and say, Lord, I trust you in this. I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to quit. And if it takes me whatever determination to do what I need to do, I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to be victorious in this area and surround yourself with people that will coach you through. Okay, and if all else fails, then I'll give you $25. Go down to the John Wayne Museum here in Fort Worth and go through there for about an hour. Let John Wayne inspire you because you know what? John Wayne never gives up. And if John Wayne could do it, you can do it. All right. Praise the Lord. Pastor Brian's giving away free John Wayne museum tickets. All right. Because John Wayne is my hero in the natural. 
<laughs> Seriously, if you've not been to that museum, it's inspiring, okay? I mean, it has all his movies, all the outfits he wore, uh, has several clips of him. I love the way John Wayne walks. You ever hear that walk, you know? Anyway, I practice that all the time. Anyway, and then uh, I like those outfits. She will not let me wear those clothing. But anyway, and can't have a horse at my house. All right, but seriously, there has one of his cars there and some other items. And John Wayne loved the Lord in a way that was unique. He loved America in a way that was very special, but he was committed to helping people. And John Wayne struggled financially, but you know, in the end, everything turned out all right. But one of the things I admire and respect about that man is simply this. He made kindness an attribute, and I'm telling you what, it, it, it went a long way. And if you worked with him, he was going to take care of you. He was a true friend indeed. And I'm so thankful for his life. I'm so thankful for his legacy. And I'm so thankful for men like that that inspire us to be great. And men that are not passive. Today it concerns me of men of our generation that lack integrity and lack in character and lack the fortitude to do the right thing. Well, we know John Wayne would do the right thing. Well, I'm seeing God raise up men that are doing the right thing, that are not intimidated by the world, but they are moved by the hand of God. And when they're moved by the hand of God, then they can overcome anything in any area. And God's going to raise up those men in this church family and continually empower them to be the example patterns and models, especially in their homes in Jesus' name. Finally, number three, give your pains and problems to God. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Let me read this out of the, uh, the Passion Translation. I would read it, but uh, we're running out of time. Now, let me just read this out of the, uh, uh, the Passion Translation as we close. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Notice what it says here. Uh, this is so beautiful when giving yourself to the Lord and giving things to God. So many times it, it, we don't give things to, we give things to the Lord, but we just take them immediately back. I, I came to, I've come to a place in my own life and and in my, in my family's life that I just had to give these things to the Lord and refuse to take them back. I refuse to take back the pain and the pressure and I'm going to give it to him. Notice what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5. Notice in verse number 6. Look at this. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this. If you will bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Isn't that good? Maybe you have a calling on your life. Maybe you have a ministry assignment. Maybe there's a job situation. Look what it says here that you're, that you're asking the Lord about. It says what? Bow low in his awesome presence and he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Leave that situation to him. Give that situation to him. And it says right here, pour out all your worries, your stress upon him. Leave them there. That's the key, ladies and gentlemen. As I close this message, leaving it there instead of taking it back. So many times we give it to him, then we immediately take it back with our words. We need to take it back on Facebook. We pray one minute, and then we give it right back. And that's the thing that will defeat you every time. If you want a year and a new, a new year and a new beginning to really in a, a sense of devotion like you've never known before, there's just certain things you need to walk away with from your words and say, I'm not going there again. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to think about that, and I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe him to get me through this situation and help me. If he called me, if he has assigned me to do this, he will empower and provide the way for me to do this. And look what it says here beautifully. This is, gets even better. It says, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, everybody say your enemy, 
your enemy, the devil, not each other, but your enemy. You've got an enemy, ladies and gentlemen. He roams about like, an, like a roaring lion looking for prey to devour. Take, Watch this now. Let me, just listen to this as we go. Take a divisive stand against him and resist his every attack. Be strong and vigorous in faith. Isn't that encouraging? Watch this. It says, for you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of trouble you endure. And watch this. This is so powerful. And then after your brief suffering, after your brief putting up with this situation, notice what it says. After your brief putting up with this situation, let me get to that again. After the God of, of all loving grace who has called, to share, called you to share his eternal glory in Christ Jesus will personally and powerfully restore and make you stronger than ever before. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. He has all the power needed to do this forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Why does this all happen and how does this all happen? It says you've got to humble yourself under his mighty hand. A, a man that I admire dearly, I worked with, is one of his prophetic words for the year, year is talking about the hand of God. And that is a vast subject that could stand on its own. The hand of God is a powerful thing. And I think that's so important. The hand of God is not what God can give me. The hand of God is what God can do for me. And I think that is something we need to look at in watching God's hand. I believe God's hand is going to be seen this next year in a mighty way in areas that I've not seen him demonstrate before. I just believe that. I believe that strategically. I believe that physically. I believe that financially. I believe that in other areas. The mighty hand of God. God is patient. God does not work on our calendar. But God also works by faith and our faith responding to what he's already said he was going to do and praising him and trusting him when we don't have it all figured out. And I have a lot of things in my life, a lot of situations going on just like you do that I don't understand the answers for, but I've got a peace that passes all understanding. I've given these things to God. I've surrendered them over to him and I am trusting him with all my heart to work through me as I lend my mind, as I lend my body to him and give him all that I need to do. And I want to help you do that. Let's pray about that right now. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now in your mighty name and we just trust you to lead us, to guide us, and direct us concerning this brand new year. I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, right now for speaking to people's hearts, showing them what to do, showing them what not to do, showing them the way to go and way not to go. I thank you also for giving us insight and revelation of your word. As we commit to Bible reading and studying and praying this year with an intensity as never before, I'm asking you, Lord, to show us how to better understand what you're saying, to grasp it, to understand it, and be able to share it. I thank you also, Father, in the name of Jesus, that no weapon of Satan that will try to creep in right here at the onset will defeat us. We are going to walk in the victory, and he is defeated, and we'll enforce his defeat. And we thank you that we're not a people of failure, but a people that belong to our God, and success comes from the hand of our mighty Father upon us because we trust in you. I pray over every family right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over family, over every family, and I thank you for victory, and I thank you that we're going to seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, your way of doing, and trust you in everything as we thank you for this new year, this new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.